We started the topic last time. Before we get to being Mechanech, we spoke about what it means, what a person needs to be in a position to be able to Mechanech. We spoke about what it means to be a father. The prototype we have, the marshal we have, is how we relate to Akadosh Baruch as a father. We said more than that. Really, a physical father is only there for someone to learn, the child to learn how to relate to the father, and by extension to learn how to relate to Hashem. And we identify three things. Three things which define our relationship with Hashem, and therefore three things which should ideally define our relationship as parents to our children also. The first one, the fact that we always want to help them. That's the primary uh, sense of security a child has, that I can always ask our parents for help. They always want to help me, they're always trying to help me. Secondly, security. As much as a parent does, they're there to protect, protect their children, to look after them, and they don't feel abandoned. And lastly, we said, connected, the third bracha from Esra, Kodesh, is the fact that as, as much as you want to have a good relationship with your children, but we're not equals. We're not equals. Because if you feel like an equal, so then your advice is as good as mine. And uh, then we can discuss it. Whereas a is somebody that I can gain from your experience, from your knowledge, from your guidance, so then as much as I want to be close, but it's in this context of, and if, I mean, I want to be close to you in a way that I can learn from you. And therefore, the ideal father, like we said, is firstly, he gives his children the feeling that whatever they need, they can ask him for. His primary objective is to help them. The second one, that whatever he can do, whatever's in his ability to do to protect them, to, that they should be secure, he will. And the third one, that the relationship they have is that they want to come to for advice, for direction. Okay, that's the principle. That's the rule. And now the question to talk is how to work on developing such a relationship practically. So I want to start with, uh, I feel, one of the most important uh, axioms in Kinnuch. And that is, even the little children, maths, or definitely, are not yet fully developed intellectually. They don't understand that much. They can't talk at such a deep level. Even the little children, for sure, aren't that yet developed physically, which means there's a limit to what they can do, how strong they are, what stamina they have, whatever physical qualities they're going to get and learn and develop and grow more as they get older. But little children are very developed emotionally. And you have to consider, as a child, as somebody who has emotions also, don't think that because he's not old enough to express himself well, or he's still small, he doesn't feel. What age? The MS is any age. But the question is which emotion he speaks to him, which emotion he realizes. And therefore, and therefore, in order to build a connection with one's children, I'll be speaking about an emotional connection. The MS is that even from a very young age, a child can already relate emotionally, both positively and negatively, like we'll see, to a parent. And therefore, it's a principle of chinuch from the beginning. 
that I'm machshed my child's emotions. Don't put those in that. Yes, he might be on a much less advanced level than me, but if he feels the way that I consider him, I'm always resolved, I'm always look down at him, I always negate his feelings, it's going to ruin any possibility of a relationship. Right? And all the three things I mentioned, the atom are points of feelings, are points of emotions. The, the fact that I feel close to somebody, the fact that I can feel close to someone is an emotional feeling. It's not an intellectual thing. And therefore, the fact that someone gives me always the confidence that they were there to help me, that they're interested in what, in what I need and what I want, is an emotional emotion which can be developed from a very young age. It's not only when your children are older that that's the time to start trying to develop a connection with them. From a very young age, you can already develop that connection. I'm not saying that I necessarily have proof that it's true, but there are a lot of mechanchim who hold that even a little child who's left to, to cry indefinitely, right? So parents might think it's, it's, a, it's a way to deal with a child crying. Just let him cry forever. He'll stop eventually. Again, that's not something which I, I have a way how to prove. But I know that a lot of my Hanukkah will claim that it's damaging emotionally. That a child feels abandoned. You can cry and cry and cry. No one ever comes to him. And uh, there's a certain sense of abandonment. A certain sense of, like, no one's here to help him. Now, again, we're not talking about an older child. We're talking about a little child. There's a certain sense of that already here. And therefore, what's the emotions you want to talk about how to develop with your child in order that they should have these three minds? Let's start with the first one first. The fact that your child feels you're there to help them. Now, contrary to what the item thinks, contrary to what the item thinks, the best way to, for someone to develop the feeling that I'm here to help you, I'm interested in helping you, and I want to help you, is not what you're going to think. It's not to be there to tell them what to do or to, to offer advice. The best way to show somebody you're interested in trying to help them is listen to them. Listen to them. Let them talk. And I'll tell you why. Right? Let's put it into an adult version for a moment. Let's put it into an adult version for a moment. Let's say you have a shadow. You want advice. And you get an appointment with the Godel for two minutes of his time because he's busy. Right? So... Okay, very good. You're happy to have a chance to speak to Adam Gadol, but you, you only have two minutes, and then it's the act. Right? So you can get in as much as the questions as you can. He says, fine, do this. I think this is the right thing to do. Most times, you're going to come at the meeting feeling, it wasn't worthwhile. And if you're accepting his last story, whatever he says, I'll do. And then he starts the question. Just walk in and say, Shalom Aleichem, my name is this. He says, okay, do that. So you're done. Right? But if you actually wanted to ask the question, and you wanted to get an answer that someone understands you, if you didn't have enough chance to explain yourself, and to explain exactly what you want to know. So then, whatever the answer is going to be, it's going to be the sense of, he wasn't really listening to me. He didn't hear what I had to say, and he wasn't thinking about my situation. So either it's a, it's a general answer that anybody who comes on this topic, he always does the same thing. So I just, uh, ah, you talk about chinuch, this is the answer. You talk about penosin, that's the standard answer. You don't listen to the question. Right? Well, you get the thing, he's not interested in me. Right? He, 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 I, I never had a chance even to explain to him what I wanted to know. And therefore, Amal, the, the best way, before you offer the advice, and as I can tell you, this is inside a secret, if you any of you want to become a mashkiach, right? The best way to deal with somebody's issues, before I want to offer any advice, is let, listen to them and give them a chance to say what they want to say. Because already, if you listen to someone carefully and you ask them the, the questions which you explain yourself, I want to understand you better, right? Already you're building a sense of this person's interested in helping me. And that's why I'm taking an interest. And I'll find out all I need to find out. Before I come to offer any advice, I've already built the basis for him to take my advice. 
And that is, he thinks I'm interested in helping him. And it, it, it's, not, it's not a play, it's not a game. It's really true. If you want to help somebody, then you want to help them. And in order to help them, you have to understand them. And in order to understand them, it's not what the, good, the brilliant advice I'm going to give you at the end. To understand somebody is, I want to, I want to hear you, I want to listen to you, I want to understand you properly. And we made that, and that puts me in the position that now that I understand you well, now I can tell you what I think you should do. And it puts the other person in the position, this person wants to help me. And therefore, I'm in a mindset, I'm willing to listen to what he has to say. Because you see, he's interested in me. Now, that's, we understand this very well. We're talking about Bach, we're talking about adults, it makes a lot of sense. Don't think the same doesn't apply to a child. When your one comes crying to you that he doesn't to split him, or it comes back from Gan that his friends were all mean to him in Gan, right? hey, yeah, yeah, that's he's going to get the same feeling. You're not interested in me. I came to you with a problem, and in a second, you tell me, okay, Tom, say sorry. Right? Don't do it again. So, so you know, it's the same thing as going to the God of Abraham and Tom said, David. Next. <laughs> okay, so that might be advice, but it's definitely not interest. And I definitely don't feel you have to, have to help me. And therefore, at whatever level or whatever age the child is, right, the first thing to do is before you're going to tell them what to do, take the time to listen to them. Take the time to listen to them. There's something disturbing them. They're coming to you crying. They're coming to you with a problem. They waited for you to tell you what, what they feel is an injustice which was done to them or how everyone ganged up with them. Whatever the case might be which affects the little child, it doesn't make a difference what it is. Right, but you, the the main thing you want to get out of the out of the interaction isn't so much the answer to do what about their brother who just hit them. Right? That's a small part. But at them what you want is that they feel that they come to you because you're interested in them. And the only way they're going to feel that is you listen to them and ask them all the questions they need to ask and make them feel that you care and you're going to take the time to hear what they have to say. And yes, it's hard because children, especially little children, can't yet express themselves so well. So it's in between the crying and the tears. You've got to try and piece together the story. And it's, especially if you have things to do, and it's not kind of taking up time, people start to get like kind of at an edge, like, hey, I've already, what do you want to get to? But again, that's the best way a child can express himself or herself. And the point you want to get out of it is, and this is the important point, my father cares about me. My father cares about me, and therefore I know when I have problems, I have someone to talk to. And the only way they're going to feel like that is, that when you, if they do come to talk to you, you give them the chance to talk. You give them the chance to talk. If you're not going to give them the chance to talk, then they're not going to feel that I can come and talk to them because I tried. They didn't listen to me. He wasn't interested in me. Okay, so that's our first rule. <coughs> the MS is, after I've done that, in the specific instance, what the advice I give is less of, import, of, of import to the general chinuch because that's negative to the specific question which came up right now. That's not the specific question which came up right now. And I said this, I said that, whatever the case might be, okay, just say that. Was good about it, wasn't good about that, that helps in a specific situation. What they're going to come away with is a feeling of there's someone I can come back to when I need to again. And then again, everybody said, we, we can relate this very well as adults. If you ever went to ask somebody a shayla for advice, or a halakha shayla, and it wasn't just a 10 second call, it wasn't just like, a, what's the problem in this answer? He was interested in you, he wanted to hear all the details. He said, let me t- explain to you, what about this, what about that? He thinks of it through, and now you didn't tell me about this, how about that? Right? The way you come out of a meeting like that, even without the, the specific advice he gave you for this situation, is, I have someone I can trust. And next time I have a child, I know who to talk to. Because if someone is interested in me, someone who takes the time to think about me, and someone who's, who's like, I feel cares for me. And that's the most important thing. You want, to have, you want to be able to influence other people, to care for them, to show that you're interested in them. Right? That's what it is. That's what it is. And for Kalvachim, your children, that's the primary the primary people you're meant to be trying to have the connection with. 
The second point. And this is a corollary of the first point, but it's uh, any, something which is also true, any psychologist will tell you. And that is, most of the time people are coming to ask you things. is isn't because they need your, your opinion. It's more they need your validation. Or they need your approval. Right? When the Bacha comes and says, No, Rabbi, the Sugi was so hard. Right? I really worked for four hours on it, and I don't understood anything. What he doesn't want you to do is say, So they get themselves to look it up. Right? That's not the point. He wasn't coming to ask you because he probably not understand. But Adson, what he's saying in different words is, I, I want you to make me feel good that I tried hard. And when, whatever the case is, shift the words, adjust to whatever the case is, if you think about it, most of the times people ask you questions, it's not really the questions interesting them. It's they want your response. They want to tell you what's, the best in trying to tell you something. Right? And it's not that they came with a question, the, the question needs an answer. It's more like they're coming to tell you something because they want you to appreciate what they say. And then to answer the question. When I used to work with Rabbi Wadovsky in Osimech years ago, on this topic, answering questions, how to answer questions, one of the first rules always was, you have to identify, is it a question or is it not a question? Because even if you'd write it in English grammar with a question mark at the end, most times it's not a question. A person's trying to tell you something. And just doesn't think you're interested in him enough to, if you'd make a statement, so he asks another question. Right? For example, if someone comes along and says, you know, I'm really trying hard to get up for dabbing in the morning. Should I go to bed early at night? You know what he says, of course. He, didn't, he also knew that. Right? It wasn't, he was trying to tell you, please notice I'm getting up for shakris. But to come along and say, please notice I'm getting up for shakris, looks silly. So make it into a question, and it's something which is acceptable. Right? Now, again, little children will do exactly the same thing. For the same reason. They want you to notice what they do. So it could be the child doesn't yet have the let's say the social nuances to know how to say it. They might say, come and look what a good job I did, or come and look, I cleaned up my room, or whatever the case is. And then if they're telling you that, yes, they want you to come and look and pay attention and look to the details. Right? But most parents say, oh yeah, very nice, well done. Do it every day. Right? You lost the point. You lost the point. The idea wasn't that they're trying to show you that they could do a good job. The idea was they want you to take an interest in what they did. So come and notice it. Have a look. Ask questions. I see you cleaned up everything. Where did you put the toys? And where did the books go? Or was it hard for you? And do you feel tired now? Whatever it's going to be that they feel that you've taken interest in them. And even if it's going to come as a question, again, remember, most questions don't need answers. This is a general rule. It's not, it's not just enough. That's a general rule for anybody, 100%. It's a general rule whoever you're talking to. Like I said before, if you're talking in the position of a mashkech, of a rav, to tell him, if you're talking to your wife, it's sure the same thing. Whoever, whoever you're interested in making a relationship with, but right now we're focusing on making a relationship with your kids. And the echo point is, don't wait until they're adolescents to think now's the time to start. Because now they're too old. As long as they're able to find, obviously a baby who can't communicate, can't communicate. Right? But if they're already old enough to try and communicate whatever they can with you, so yes. So you can already, you will notice that they're coming to you to get validation, to get approval, to show, to show you what they're doing. And the way you show you care about somebody is you listen to what they say. And you, you give them the time. You give them the time. More than anything else, one second. More than anything else, the amateur shows you care. It's a, the, the, kind of the stories about this point, which are meant to be tear jokers, but that's not the point right now. The Yisoyed is true. Yisoyed is true. You don't show you care by what you give, of money or gifts or things like that, or writing nice cards for birthdays or other events. You show you care that when someone's interested in you, you show that you're interested in them. And therefore, it's the other, but it's, it's the interaction. And when someone, that, when they come to talk to you, you pay attention. What's the problem? Whether it's good, whether it's bad, I shall be interested. And look, question how to pay it right Give someone time. How long is it going to be? And if you talk to something to do right now, so you say, listen, I'm sorry, something I have to do, but I'm coming back to you. Right? We're going to carry on the conversation. 
Again, in any position, like he said, it's, it's gonna, the same thing is going to happen. If you're talking to a Talmud, and you have to give a shit, or you have to go somewhere. So you don't want to feel it's not important. So I'm listening to you. Let's, let's reconvene after the shit, because I want to hear what you have to say. We'll go back to them. And it's the most valuable thing, because when a person feels that you're showing you're interested in him, that's the best way to build trust. That's the best way. You don't build trust in the person who can give you the best advice. Or who's the biggest time in Chachim necessarily. You build trust in the person who cares about you. Because you think he has my best interests at heart. And therefore, he's listening, when he's giving me advice, he's better thinking what's the right thing for me. It's a good point. Little children, like we said before, don't understand time. Later is too indefinite for them. So the answer to, if you can't deal with something now, and you're going to say later, and what does later mean? Well, a little bit depends how old the child is. If they're still small and they have no idea of later dikhlaf, right? If it's not now, it's never. You're talking about a little child. Then you're going to have to spend some time now. It doesn't have to be a lot of time, but it's enough time that whatever it is. If it's a child who can, even if doesn't understand time, what later means, you can say when. You can say, right, everyone's eating, there's a lot of noise, whatever it is. After the meal, when you finish eating, then come and talk to me, we'll have time now. Or before you go to bed, I'll come to you and talk to you in your room. Whatever the case is going to be. Make it an event he's aware of. Later or at 8 o'clock doesn't mean anything to a little child. So you make it event-based. But at this time, that's when I'm going to come and talk to you. When they don't agree to such things. Sorry? When they don't agree to such things. So, uh, uh, first day is always on the spot. If something is disturbing them now, you can always, right now, stop, listen, ask them what the problem is. Sometimes you can on the spot. What do you do? If you can't, you can't. But it's an, the problem is not that they can't. The problem is more that people don't have the patience for it. And therefore, they always can't. Because they don't see it as a very high priority. And there's always like, to listen to my kids telling me stories, what happened in Gun today is like zero on my list of priorities. Right? I have more time for anything else than that. Which is, might be true. It might be true. But for your kid, it's the most important thing in the world. Think about him. He waited the whole day to tell you what happened to the guy. He still remembers it. And he's been waiting the whole day to tell you. So for him, this is the most important thing there is. And if your attitude is, listen, I have, this is my, I really don't care, listen to you. Then the, what he's going to learn from that is, I don't care. And that's what you don't want. Right? You don't want your children to feel you don't care. Classical mistake. If a person thinks that the younger my kids are, the more they have to say, is because when they get older, they give up crying. Because they don't listen anymore. If you talk and listen to them, they have as much to say when they're older. <laughs> And remember, that's the way it's meant to be. Because you want to, you, you want to develop that atmosphere with your children. And you want to you know, know that if they're struggling with something, or they're having a hard time, or whatever it is they need to develop, that they're going to come to you. And yes, you'll have to listen to all the, everything else to get to the points which are important, but you want them to be able to always be the ones to approach you. Telling the child to write it. Writing it down is taking the personal atmosphere, the personal part out of it. It's like, make it a shayla, which you can give to a godel, and take out anything that interactive. It's just like... Facts. Try facts, write it down, and then we can deal with the facts. Rather say, I've done enough time now, but tonight I want to have a chance. I'll make time to hear what you have to say. I want to hear properly, and tell them to write it down. Writing it down is partially taking the human, human element out of the question. So, question. That's not necessarily true. Yes. It's not necessarily true. It's a, it's a notion that girls talk more than boys. So socially, maybe. Socially. Socially. It, 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 they communicate much more with each other. Right? And if you obviously, if you want to hear stories, and they'll tell you much more details about every event which happened to them. But if the mice, you, the boys also talk to each other. Right? Maybe not with all the same graphic details and points. Like I met this friend, and she was wearing this kind of bow and this kind of shoes, and this was wearing this. And that. Right? You're right. That that level of detail you're not going to get. But then again, if there's a certain uh, 
openness that someone wants to talk to you because they, they want to hear what you have to say. They want to tell you what they've done. Right? So then they're willing to talk. They want to talk. Encourage it. Encourage it. Right? If you're already at the stage where your kids are giving up trying to talk to you, it's a reversible process. And they start to see that you're interested in them. Ask them. Make, not just what did you learn in Gun this week. That's one of my favorite things. Right? When you, the, the, what your knowledge about your child's day is, what did you learn today? Right? Maybe it's not a bad thing. But one, one of the questions, what did you do today? Did you have a nice day? Did you have friends? Your friends nice to you? What, did you feel yeah, you're happy in the gun? Did you like your teacher? It's also important. And that gives a person the chance to open up emotion, not just, oh yeah, I learned about the Pasha. Right? Moshe killed the Egyptian. That, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying the importance of knowledge. I'm saying that normally the mindset of a father is that's all I care about. Right? How much does it going to cost and what did he learn in the pressure? <laughs> <coughs> Fine. Okay, so that's the first thing. The way to develop the fact is the feeling that someone cares for you, like I said, is to show you care for them. And the way you show you care for them is not by telling them what to do, it's by listening to what they have to say to you. Okay, next point. The second thing I wanted to talk about is that they feel protected. They feel protected, they feel safe. And I'm going back to what I said before. Children have feelings. Children have feelings, and it's, even if they can't verbalize them as well, the only way they know how to express themselves is by crying. But the is, it's not always a physical pain that they're crying because they hurt themselves or whatever it is. Mm. Most of the time they're crying because they're, it's coming from an emotional place which they can't express in any other way. Right? Primarily. There are a number I can give examples of, but primarily, I'm just going to get to what I want to discuss right now, children feel afraid. And it's a normal feeling to fear. It's a normal feeling to feel because the factors which make a person afraid means when he doesn't feel he's in control. When I feel I'm in control, I'm not afraid. I know what to do. Right? I know what to do. I know how to take care of myself. I know how to, I know how to in the situation, uh, you know, make sure everything will be okay. I know what's going to happen. I've been through the situation before. So a person not afraid. A person who hasn't been in experience before or he doesn't know what's going to happen or he doesn't have to deal with what's going to happen, is afraid. Is afraid. It's a normal, natural feeling that any person has in an unknown situation which they don't know how to deal with it. Now remember, you're an adult, and you've been through most of these situations before. Your child hasn't. Your child hasn't. And therefore, the normal feeling a child has is, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to take care of it. And therefore, the, fear, the feeling is going to be fear. And whether it's a little child who cries when they're afraid, right, or it's an older child who just refuses to cooperate because he's too scared, right? It's a real feeling. Just because he, his, his little child doesn't, he doesn't feel. He feels the feeling very real, very really. It's very real by him. Right? So, again, as adults, we tend to negate it because we don't think it's scary. Right? If your kid is too scared to sleep in the room with the night off, he's too scared to go somewhere by himself at night because it's all by himself, that's you think, come on, grow up, what's the big deal? Right? Because we aren't afraid of it, we don't think it's a big deal. But, again, consider his feelings real. He really is afraid. And we understand that. He's coming from a place where he hasn't dealt with this before. He doesn't feel he's able to deal, take care of it. And therefore he's scared. Now, if we're trying to create a situation, yeah, we're trying to create a situation where, besides we're showing <coughs> the first thing, that, we care, that a child feels careful, that we're interested in helping him, the second thing is he feels safe, he feels protected. Feeling just, just like I'm going back to the, the paradigm of the relationship between ourselves and Hashem, because that's always an important comparison to draw. Just like 
the way we relate to Hashem is when we're afraid, we have someone to turn to. And how does it make us feel not, not afraid? How does that calm us down? Because, you know, it's not up to us. There's someone taking care of us. There's someone taking care of us. And therefore, we, we, we can't. Hashem is in charge. We can't deal with the situation. We can't control the outcome or the events. Hashem can. Okay. So then we're coming to Iran. The antidotes, the, the to... The antidote to fear is bitachon. Hashem leave it ayira. The way to give our children that same feeling, that we're there to look after them, they feel confidence. The number one is, don't ridicule that they're afraid. If a child says, I'm scared of something, say, come, there's nothing to be afraid of. You're not helping anything. You're not helping anything because he is afraid. It's a feeling. And tell someone, don't be afraid. It's not going to help. Right? What it means is, I've got no one to tell I'm afraid to who's going to take me seriously. Right? So I tried to tell my parents I'm scared, and I didn't, they said, don't be scared. So, okay, so I won't tell them that again, but do I feel better? No, I don't. Right? What have you done to help me? Right? Therefore, here, again, here also, you want your child to feel safe, and that if he's scared, he can come and talk to you. And you're there to look after him. Just like, the same thing. If a person feels afraid and he turns to Hashem Bitachon, it's not with the vote that I don't want to say don't be afraid. It's not such a big deal. No. How we understand Bitachon is Hashem is there to look after us. And therefore the response to fear is I'm here to help you. The response is I'm here to help you. I'm looking after you. Now it has to be it has to be played out. It has to be played out. Let's go through the situation. You want your child to do something? I'm scared. I'm scared. Let's take the most common example. Right? You want your child to go to sleep. I'm scared to go to sleep. What's he scared of? What's the difference? With by himself in the room, what's night time, whatever he's scared. Ghosts. <coughs> Lots of options. Whatever it's going to be, right? That he's scared of. To say, it's okay. Go to sleep. It'll be okay. you know, it's nothing to be scared of. It's not going to help. What's the answer? Which, uh, I find it. The tried and t- tested method is. I'm going to sit here next to you to look after you until you fall asleep. You take a safe and put in that and no. That's not the point. Someone's looking after me. If my father's here looking after me, they're not going to sleep happily. No, no ghosts or no anyone else is going to come when my father's here watching me. No, he already thinks like that. Good. So you, instead of negating the fear, you're turning it into something that I have someone to rely on to help me when I'm scared. And then whatever, whatever other level of fear there's going to be. The little child who's scared to go into gun. Normal fear. Fear of strangers. They don't have the gun, they don't have the other kids. You tell them, got a gun. I'm scared, I don't. So what's the way to do with it? Okay, I'll, I'll take you. Alright, I'll, I'll take you inside, I'll make sure you have a put, place to put your coat down, I'll introduce you to the teacher, whatever it's going to be. Right? And again, the response to fear is, take it seriously. For them it's a real feeling. And therefore the role I have to play is, I'm going to look after you. So whatever it's going to be you're scared of, I'm here to be with you. I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'm here, I'm looking after you. And that's the, the then the child learns to rely on you. And I'm not afraid. My father's looking after me. Right. Now, having spoken about uh, for little children, older children have their own issues and obviously it has its own mahalach. <coughs> when we talk about little children, first position, we'll revisit this topic when we're talking about older children. I'm talking about seven, eight-year-olds and again, even older children than that. Right? When the same issues come up just in the eyes of, an, of a different levels of development. But on this point, 
besides for the fact that it builds the relationship of closeness, it builds a relationship of trust. Where is this something which I have to, which is perhaps a, a fundamental point which is needed in order to be mechanech? So it's partial, I said it last week, but I want to explain now the, the practical aspect of it. And that is, as a parent, you often tell our children to do things. Sometimes it's, it's, it's practical, right? It's, uh, it ensures a normal lifestyle, it ensures, it ensures the smooth running of the house, it ensures a, a, a working, so to speak, home environment. Things like that, it's not a major chinuch decision. It's more of a massive decision. Right? If, I, if the rule is that, let's say, in my house, uh, yeah, you let's say I make a rule, that I want my children to go to bed at a certain time. I don't look at it as a chinuch decision. It's just a practical decision. If you go to bed late, you'll be too tired tomorrow. So then the matthias is, this is what you do, this is the routine, you go to bed at this time, you get up at that time, and things work. Right? If the rule is that after you finish playing with the toy, you put it away before they got the next one, again, it's not a chinuch decision. This is a practical decision because that way things uh, don't get too out of control. Right? And many decisions like that, which are based on how to how to go through a routine of a day, run, that, that life works smoothly, right? aren't chinuch. It's just a practical way for things to work. If that's the case, when I tell my children what to do, it's, it's a matter of fact. That's what we do. Right? We take, we put away the toys off, you finish with them, well, tomorrow you're not going to find them anymore, they're going to get lost. So I'm not trying to mechanic him, I'm not trying to, to convince him of something, it's just Matthias, that, that's the way it is. Right? You want to wash your hands before, when you get dirty, you, when it comes out, you wash your hands, you don't want to get sick. Matthias, that's accepted as that, that's, it's not chinach. It's just, it's just regulating a certain environment. But when does it become chinach? And that is when I want my child to do something which I think is going to develop him. And now, if it's coming from the position of I'm doing this because I think it's the best thing for you. It's coming from that starting point. I'm doing this because I think it's the best thing for you. Then the child will listen to you. Right? Just like we said before. If uh, I'm going back to the example I gave. If you're a mashkiach and a bracha comes to you for advice. Right? Ba'amah says if you've done the job of listening to him well then he'll accept whatever advice you're going to give him. As long as it's nothing which is crazy, right? But whatever you're going to give it, he's going to accept. Because it's coming on the Hanukkah is this person wants to help me. And if that's the case, I assume his advice is good advice. He wants to help me. He's interested in what, what's good for me. And therefore, I think he's trying to help me to give this kind of advice. So by your children, it's the same thing. If you've built the first point, and that is your child feels that you're interested in him, and now I'm trying to give you some advice that I think is good for you, so it's coming on the basis of my parents interested in me, and that's what's telling me to do this. This is what's good for me. Right? But if the child gets a feeling you're not interested in him, and everything, every time he tries to talk to you, just you don't have time for him, you don't, you don't really care. So now, now suddenly you care. Right? How does it get taken? How does it get accepted, looked at by the child? This is your from kai. This isn't for me. You're doing this because you want me to do this for your reasons. Whatever the case, it's not for me. It's for you. And if that's the case, you've made the, you've sowed the seeds of the rebellion, because no one likes to get used, even our children. And therefore, again, what I'm saying is, listen, it's not for me or view. This is just the way the house functions. Okay, so you work together. It has to work. It has to work. Right? I'm not going to convince my child every time I tell him to go to bed and why this is really good for you. It's, 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 that's a mitzvah. But when I want to get to chinuch, like I always say, chinuch isn't discipline. Chinuch is causing someone to grow. When I want to get to chinuch, then it has to come from the understanding as I'm trying to help you. Not for me. I'm doing this for you. And if the child really feels like that, that you, I see you are interested in me, good. Then you'll accept that too. Let me give you an example. I think maybe I haven't made it clear enough yet. Let's say someone has a certain 
Negative it's a bad matter which you want him to, you'd like to work on with him. Everyone has bad matters. By the parents, you see it in neutral and you see whatever the bad matter is. Some kids, uh, they can't regulate their emotions. When they get angry, they throw fits. They tantrum, they scream and shout, they kick the floor, they kick each other, whatever the case is. Now you want to work on it. It's a matter that you want to try and help your child get out of. Okay, obviously it doesn't work for a two-year-old, three-year-old, they're not old enough, but let's say a kid four or five, a little bit older, now you're trying to work with them on how you respond to uh, anger, you respond to negative emotions. Right? If you're coming from the position of, I'm trying to help you, right? it's not good, if I'm trying to help you, teach you, explain to you, guide you how to deal with things which go wrong, it'll make it easier for you to deal with it, and the child hears that, he's willing to listen. If the feeling the child gets is, you're just doing because you don't like me screaming, right? so therefore you're trying to, Keep me, get me to keep quiet because you can't take it when I scream. So not for me, it's for you. Right? Then it's going to be much harder f- to try and get him to agree to what I want him to do. Right? Because this isn't my thing, this is your thing. So therefore, in, in order to help guide somebody, the first point is that I've built a level of trust. That they think what I'm doing for them is good for them. And again, it's not a game. It really is. I, I, my, my, the way I look at my children is I want to help them grow. That's the first point. The second point you said is the fact that they have someone to rely on. They have someone to rely on. Why is that also a fundamental point in Khidr? The Matthias is that even if a little child, like I said, the, the fear is going to be from Whatever makes a little child afraid, new, new rooms, new people, the dark, things they don't know how to deal with, right? As the person gets older, there are new things that they're afraid of. Whatever stage of life it's going to be, then whatever they aren't accustomed to then, something, it's something they're afraid of then. Uh, let's give a partial to Marshall, right? When one day you get a position as a rob and you're going to speak in front of the whole school for the first time, most people feel a certain sense of fear, right? Why? Because it's a big tibur and I don't know how I'm going to speak, and I don't know how they're going to take what I say, so it's an unknown, and it's uh, something new and something I'm not used to, and something I have, I'm not comfortable with yet, I feel afraid of. But it's something if you become a singer and you're going on stage for the first time to a huge audience, it's natural to feel fear, not because there's something wrong with it, it's normal. It's something which is, uh, I don't feel in control completely yet, and therefore I, it's a normal feeling to feel. So yes, it's not something that a person won't feel again. Right? Now, as issues come up, and when they become more important issues also, that's them, you want your child to tell you about it. If they're dealing with something, whatever it's going to be, whatever stage of life it is that they're grappling with right now, right, you want them to be able to talk to you about it. You don't want your child to hide things from you and, and, be, and say, well, the one thing I'm not doing is saying my father about this because that will be the end of the world. Right? Whatever the issue is that they, they're having a difficulty with, other other. Right? You lose your ability to mechanic if they're not going to share information with you. And therefore, the, the way to make sure that they're going to, they're going to come forward with whatever they're scared of is they get used to feeling that, you, that the, the mesa, when they're afraid, you're the one who helps them. Right? It could be the one who helps them. If you sat next to their bed at night to help them fall asleep when they were little, that you help them because when they're, they're, they're being bullied by friends in their class and whatever age it is, you're the one who steps in to make sure that you take care of it. When it's the maggot chair later on, who, whatever it is, is a, is a problem, you're the one who talks to them and smooths things over, whatever stage it's going to be. And then at a later stage in that, when they're confronting what we call real issues, right, you want then also your child's going to be able to talk to you about it. And because he trusts you as someone who's going to help him. Masha Enke, 
for the person who made light of his children's problem when they were small. I said, hey, of course, you've got it there. You, know, you, won't, you won't die. It's okay. So that's a contrast. You. You, you don't care about me. If that's the case, when they have much bigger issues later on in life, they're going to feel exactly the same way. Right? The person's grappling with drinking, with smoking, with whatever other issues it's going to be. Right? So, to talk to your father about it, there's no way I'm going to talk to that. It's a... Most, it's sad, most, let's say, older children, they just feel like that. But the one person they can't talk to is their father. They'll talk to a rabbi, they'll talk to a counselor, they'll talk to a therapist, maybe not their father. Why not? Naturally, your father should be one who's most there to help you. More than any rabbi, counselor, or therapist. But people don't feel like that. For the simple reason that for years already they haven't felt like that. Right? They don't feel that, that, that their father there to help them. On the contrary, they're scared as a negative fear. They're more afraid of their father than they're afraid of the thing. That's negative. And therefore, we don't want that to happen because when you do that, we lose our ability to the We lose our ability to hear what's going on in that child's life, and therefore, we don't know what's happening with them. We can't, we can't talk to them. Yeah. Accepting what they're doing. As okay, so again, what, when a child does wrong, and how you react to it is a separate topic. We'll talk about that. So that, that's the discipline mm-hmm. mm-hmm. element of uh, kind of. The father accepts the child, and doesn't come to school. <coughs> No, again, we don't say that you must accept wrongdoing, but there's a way to deal with wrongdoing. What I said is that if a, the, the way that the child expects you to react to them doing something wrong, they've learned mm-hmm. from you. If as a three-year-old, they, they smashed a glass on the floor, they didn't listen to you, and they broke a window, whatever the case is, and they learn from your reaction then, then they're going to learn. When we do things wrong, this is how our father reacts. And therefore, they can assume on a much bigger scale, obviously, but now that they're teenagers or whatever else they do wrong, right? Now they're going to say, what's going to happen if my father finds out I did wrong? We expect, expect the same. That's always the inside of Chinuch. When the children are small, they're learning from you. Basically, they're learning from you how you're going to react to various things. And therefore, we spoke about the positive side. We spoke about they're learning, can they trust you? They're learning, can they, can they open up to you? They're learning, do they feel that, that, that you are there to help them? Now, we're going to talk in a different shape, but we talk about if a child does something wrong, so how do my parents react when I do something wrong? They throw a fit, they punish me, they scream and shout. What's going to be? Now that you've taught them something, you've taught them this is how I react when you don't listen. It doesn't make a difference if it's not listening as a two-year-old, a ten-year-old, or a twenty-year-old, because they've learned a certain lesson from you, right? And they assume it's going to repeat itself. And therefore, yes, will the older child who's done something wrong own up to it? Will he deny it? Will he run away from it? Well, he, right? It depends how he knows you react when he does things wrong. But we're going to talk about this separately. That's a separate issue. What I want to talk about tonight, just to, question, just to sum up, what I want to talk about tonight is just the first two points. And that is that, again, you're, you're training your child for how you react now. And therefore, the, the positive side of your building, before we come to the negative, the positive side of your building is these two points. That you're training your child to know that he feels you, you care about. You're training your child to know that he can rely on you. And that's important because if that defines the relationship, then that becomes something which will remain at a much later age also. So, yeah.